Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation. The Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. It is Monday, April 25th, 2022, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well today. It's been a very busy day today, and we know the One Africa Power and Unity Conference is coming up Saturday, April 30th, and Sunday, May 1st at the Double Tree Hotel. So I'm getting ready for that. Uh, so uh, later in the show, we're going to be joined by Felicia Hardin, who is a um, co-organizer of the conference and a producer of the film Hapi, The Role of Economics in the Development of Civilization. So we're going to talk to her later in the show. But in the first segment, um, I want to talk about the lawsuit that uh, attorney Ben Crump has filed against Wells Fargo Bank. Now, you know, we talked about this back in March and there was a story from uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg uh, News did a huge story. It's about a 30 page article when I printed it up and it dealt with allegations against Wells Fargo Bank for uh, discriminating against African-Americans when it came to refinancing their home mortgages. And uh, the report from Wells Fargo said that um, African-Americans were only approved uh, 47, only 47% of African-Americans who tried to uh, refinance uh, their home mortgages with um, with uh, Wells Fargo were uh, allowed to refinance, okay? Only 47%. And this was, um, they, they were the only, Wells Fargo was the only um, uh, lender that turned down more African-Americans for refinancing the home mortgage than they approved, okay? So there was a, so we talked about this story back in March. Well, today there was a press conference uh, held in Atlanta and on Roller Martin Unfiltered, they streamed the press conference live and we shared the uh, broadcast on our Facebook fan page, uh, the African History Network, the African History Network. So some of you all uh, may have seen that. So I wanted to play it. We're going to play an excerpt of that press conference and, and deal with what happened today, because this is really significant. Now, once again, this goes back to the story that we talked about in March. So we're going to give you a, a update on that and talk about uh, the uh, class action lawsuit that Benjamin Crump has filed against uh, Wells Fargo Bank. All right. On the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. Okay, so... Uh, we're going to go to clip one here in just a second, uh, Shakita. Also, we'll give you uh, information about the uh, uh, session one of our new online course that just started up, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, where they didn't teach you in school. Okay, so th this uh, article here from March 16th, 
2022. We talked about here on this show. Wells Fargo rejected nearly half of their black homeowners refinancing applications. All right. So this is for March 16th, 2022. You may have remember, you may uh, uh, remember us talking about this. Um, mortgage rates hit an all time low during the pandemic, giving homeowners the chance to refinance and ultimately lower uh, their long term interest costs. However, not everyone had the same level of access to this once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, only 47% of the black homeowners who submitted a refinance applications in 2020 were approved by Wells Fargo as opposed to 72% of white homeowners. Only 47% of African-American homeowners who, resub who, uh, who submitted refinance applications in 2022 were approved by Wells Fargo opposed to 72% uh, of uh, white homeowners, according to a Bloomberg News analysis published on March 11, 2022. While applicants had higher approval rates at all major lenders, Wells Fargo in particular lagged behind other major lenders in their approval rates for minority applicants. Overall, 71% of black refinancing applicants in the country were approved in 2020, according to uh, the Bloomberg analysis. Now, I wanna go to clip number one. This is from March 18, 2022, from uh, WJZY Channel 46 out of Charlotte, North Carolina. This deals with the Wells Fargo backlash. Let's go to clip number one, please, Shakita. Here at six, a call to investigate a bank with big ties to the Queen City. This is a big investigation going on. Eleven U.S. senators are requesting right now federal regulators to investigate Wells Fargo's treatment of African-American homeowners. A Queen City News Chief Business Correspondent Taylor Young joining us now here in the studio. Taylor, lawmakers are now questioning if Wells Fargo is breaking the law. Yeah, that's right, Alicia. A recent analysis has caught the eyes of U.S. senators in Washington. It shows that Wells Fargo rejected more than half of its black applicants looking to refinance their homes in 2020. At the height of the pandemic, millions of Americans took advantage of historically low interest rates by refinancing their mortgage loans. Recent findings by Bloomberg show not all people were given the same opportunity to do so. It's just, it's a lot to grasp, and I'm still taking it all in. An analysis of federal mortgage data shows Wells Fargo rejected more than half of its black applicants. The data shows the minority group received the lowest approval rate, while 72% of white homeowners were given the okay. So this shows that we are systematically supposed to have things harder. You know, it shows Wells Fargo being the third, third largest bank and, and being the, the least to actually approve loans for people that actually are qualified for it, it's disgusting. Lawmakers say the analysis raises questions about whether the bank complies with their housing and lending laws. Queen City News reached out to Wells Fargo asking for a response. A spokesperson for the bank said both the letter and analysis ignored critical information about the company's lending to black homeowners. In a statement, the bank said the fact is Wells Fargo helped more black homeowners refinance their mortgages in 2020 than any other largest banks. 
Action NC, a local advocacy group fighting for economic justice, says Bloomberg's findings bring light to the reality of what African Americans have faced for days. Things must change. Now it's no longer a have to, will to. They must and they are going to change because the dirt is being aired out. Now, a spokesperson with Wells Fargo said they are reviewing that letter signed by lawmakers and will be providing their own analysis. Alicia? Taylor, thank you for that update. Many people Okay, okay, pause it right there. All right, so today a press conference was held in Atlanta, okay? Um, And uh, uh, Black Enterprise has an article about this. Now, Roland Martin Unfiltered live-streamed the press conference. Uh, On Monday, April 25th, 2022, civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump held a press conference alleging Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo's discriminatory loan practices kills black opportunity. We're going to clip two in just a second at the 1149 mark. We're going to clip two. Uh, She keeps it queued up at the 1149 mark. Uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump, who has represented the families of Ahmaud Arbery, Brianna Taylor uh, uh, and Brianna Taylor held a press conference at, at the Mount Zion uh, Mount Zion Second Baptist Church in Atlanta on Monday, and included several African American homeowners who have joined the class action lawsuit against Wells Fargo Bank. At the press conference, Attorney Benjamin Crump, along with Counsel. Uh, Co-counsel Linda Friedman and Suzanne Bish, B-I-S-H, urged Wells Fargo shareholders to to approve a motion by the SEIU union, one of the country's largest labor unions, to conduct an independent racial equity audit of the bank, an independent racial equity audit of the bank. Now, Attorney Benjamin Crump also urged other politicians to follow the follow the lead of New York City Mayor Eric Adams and stop investing with the bank. Because uh, as we talked about here on the show, Mayor Eric Adams said that uh, uh, the city of New York wasn't going to do any more business with Wells Fargo until they stopped discriminating against African-Americans, uh, uh, homeowners, things like this. Let's go to this clip from the press conference today, please, Shakita. really underscores that Wells Fargo discrimination was indiscriminate. Yeah. Indiscriminating seems like the only common denominator was the color of the applicant's skin, Suzanne. And so I tell you, Wells Fargo is one of the biggest banks in the country. It is believed that they're the largest homeowner lender in America. Their corporate practices determine the financial health and opportunities and lack of for millions of black Americans. Wells Fargo says its mission is helping Customers succeed financially, but Attorney Shear, they are not helping black Americans succeed financially when they engage in a pattern and practice 
of corporate behavior that denies financial opportunities to black customers and charges them more for the same services that they charge white customers for. Wells Fargo says it's committed to improving communities, but they have held back black communities by denying loans and charging higher interest rates to customers just because the color of their skin. You know, oftentimes I fight against police brutality, which like with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, leads to black Americans being killed unjustly. Well, with the discriminatory practices of Wells Fargo Bank, it leads to the unjust killing of black Americans' opportunity. It leads to the killing of black people's spirit when you deny them opportunities to try to gain ground on the wealth gap. Okay, pause pause it right there. Pause it right there. We're coming up on the break. Just back it up about uh, 30 seconds to a minute. And we'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Okay, so that is an excerpt of the press conference that took place today. Today, uh, We're going to talk about this some more on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995, and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008, and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021, and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human, were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. 
Okay, welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation WFDF. Okay, right before the break, uh, I was sharing the uh, excerpt of the um, press conference today that uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump did uh, in Atlanta, okay? And this is dealing with the uh, class action lawsuit that was filed against Wells Fargo Bank, alleging discrimination against Wells Fargo Bank when it comes to uh, refinancing home mortgages for African-Americans, okay? So largely this is people who already have home loans and they're refinancing their loans. Uh, Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, broadcasted the press conference live. I did not see anybody else carry this broadcast. Uh, let's go back to this uh, clip for a couple more minutes, Shakita. Then we're going to be joined by Felicia Hardin to talk about the One Africa Power and Unity Conference. Wells Fargo says its mission is helping customers succeed financially. But, Attorney Shear, they are not helping black Americans succeed financially when they engage in a pattern and practice of corporate behavior that denies financial opportunities to black customers and charges them more for the same services that they charge white customers for. Wells Fargo says it's committed to improving communities, but they have held back black communities by denying loans and charging higher interest rates to customers just because the color of their skin. You know, oftentimes I fight against police brutality, which like with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, leads to black Americans being killed unjustly. Well, with the discriminatory practices of Wells Fargo Bank, it leads to the unjust killing of black Americans' opportunity. It leads to the killing of black people's spirit when you deny them opportunities to try to gain ground on the wealth gap, to build Reverend Johnson generational wealth. When I listened to Ms. Shell Simmons talk about what her grandmother taught her and what home ownership means and what you try to leave your children and to have Wells Fargo deny hardworking African-Americans who did everything right, like Chris Williams, dotted every I, crossed every T, paid their bill every month on time, but yet Wells Fargo continued to move the goalposts to engage Attorney Edmonds in a, a unwritten poll tax on black people. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. That's what we're fighting. You have to understand, because of this global pandemic, the government tried to encourage people ability to 
weathered a storm. And so they created historic opportunities. I mean, as I understand it, Attorney Chris, they had interest rates that was as low as they've ever been in the past 50 years. And so, well, this gave Americans an opportunity to refinance and be able to accumulate greater equity in their home, thus accumulating greater wealth. Because of Wells Fargo discriminatory practices, what they end up doing, instead of African-Americans being able to close the wealth gap, it created a greater deficit. And that's why we applaud Mayor Eric Adams of the city of New York and his unprecedented stance to say, the city of New York will do no new accounts with Wells Fargo until they adequately address these inequities. Okay, pause it right there. And we're talking to other mayors. Pause it right there. Okay, we'll, we'll pick it up. We'll, we'll pick it up there on the other side of the break, and that references the article uh, that we talked about uh, last week from uh, Yahoo News that deals with um, New York City Mayor Eric Adams is taking a stand against Wells Fargo. City government won't open any more accounts over banks' persistent track record of discrimination. Okay, so that is from um, April eighteenth, twenty twenty-two from Yahoo News, uh, picked up from AtlantaBlackStar.com. Okay, um, I want to shift gears here, go to our second segment. Uh, we're joined by uh, Felicia Hardin, who is the, um, uh, who's the producer of the film, Hapi, The Role of Economics in the Development of Civilization. We've had her here on the show before, but she's also um, a um, co-organizer of the, one Africa Power in Unity Conference, along with Brother Taki Grant. I think we're going to have Taki on um, later on this week as well. And this is taking place, as you already know, we had Dr. Leonard Jeffries and Professor James Small on the show yesterday. They're going to be presenters at the conference. It's taking place Saturday, April 30th, and Sunday, May 1st at the Doubletree Hotel here in Detroit. So we want to welcome back to the African History Network show, Felicia Harden. How are you doing today, sister? Okay. 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 Uh, how you doing, Felicia? I'm great. You know, I'm. You're like my favorite voice in Detroit. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, like my favorite voice on the radio. Oh, okay. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. <laughs> All right. So, how are you doing? I know we're coming down to the wire and uh, is getting really busy, uh, <laughs> getting ready for the conference. So, so uh, how are things going for you? Well, you know, we are just putting on final touches, um, answering lots of emails from people all around the world. Okay. You know, just making sure it's tight for for um, for Saturday for the kickoff. Exactly, exactly. Well, once yeah. again, people can visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the information right there. You can register for the conference. If you can't attend in person, you can uh, live stream it from across the country. 
And then you can also visit hypfilm.com as well. So let people know we're coming up on a break here in three minutes. We're going to hold you over the break, but let people know what is the one Africa power in unity conference. What is this about? So this conference is actually, um, we were supposed to be having the conference in February of this year okay. in Aswan, Egypt. Uh-huh. And it was, it was entitled what Africa Returning, returning to the source conference. But right. what happened was there were people who actually um, started to cyber cyber attack us mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Afrocentrism debunked. That's the name of the group. And um, yeah, they were brilliant. <laughs> wait, wait. The name of the, the name people, of the group. The name of the group was Afrocentrism debunked. That was the name of the group that was cyber yep. attacking you all. Okay. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and basically. So, yeah, they were just making so much noise and started to, um, you know, alert other people. And we were advised that we should um, cancel the, you know, the, the conference. So, and, and the thing about it is, like, you know, they were upset because we, you know, they felt like we were black people coming to Egypt and that we were going to, you know, try to change people's mind about history and this and that. And really, we were just coming and talking amongst ourselves. We were bringing about 209 people with us, and we were having this conference with ourselves, you know, and talking about returning to the source and what and what does that mean for black folks. And so um, with everything going on, we had to, um, you know, we canceled it on paper, but really we were like, we're rescheduling it. And so it took us, you know, two, I don't even know if it take, took us two weeks, but we ended up finding... Um, you know, bring it stateside and making it bigger and better. And the thing that I have to thank these people for is that it, it pushed our thinking about how we were, you know, going to have this conference. So now with power and unity, now it, we really going to have this conversation about us, you know, getting together and really start doing this work. Right. We, you know, we're great, you know, all by ourselves, but if we can't get nowhere by ourselves, we got to work collectively. We, we right. have, you know, we've, work collectively since the beginning of time. Yeah, well, we so have a deep, rich really history just, of cooperative economics you know. also. Yeah, we have a deep, rich history of cooperative economics, the co-ops, the mutual Absolutely. aid societies, Free African Society, 1787, Color Merchants Association, 1928. We have a deep, rich history of that. We Some of us have just forgotten that history. Yeah, and, you know, we think about what does hoppy mean? And, you know, Professor Small talked about this and um, on on uh, Saturday, he's going to talk about, you know, the rebirth of consciousness. Yeah. But, but Hopi, the ancient Egyptian name for the Nile River, this is where, you know, the first, like you said, the first uh, construct of economic started from. Exactly. You okay. Know, we, we, Let's do this, Felicia. We're up against a break. Uh, we'll hold it right there. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about Hopi and uh, uh, economics. Okay. So just hold it right there. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com.
iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. 910, the Superstation, Detroit's only African American talk radio. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. All right. Um, right before before we go back to uh, Felicia, I want to remind you, uh, class number one of my 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We just had class number one uh, Saturday, April 23rd. You can still register for this 10-week online course. As soon as you register, you can go back and watch class number one. We uh, we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it any time. Even after the 10-week online course is over with, you'll still have access to the full class. You can go back and watch it. Uh, the class is on sale $80, regularly $130. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Uh, so I do a PowerPoint presentation with book references, articles, video clips. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We also have a bundle pack you can register for uh, the three online courses that I teach. And uh, that's a $285 value on sale for $120. Okay, uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Felicia Hardin, who is the uh, she's a producer of the film Hapi, the role of economics in the development of civilization. And um, she's also and she uh, did that film with uh, Taiki Grant. We've had Taiki here on the show before. And also she is an organizer of the One Africa Power and Unity Conference uh, taking place Saturday, April 30th and uh, Sunday, uh, May 1st, uh, right here in Detroit. So um, Felicia, right before the break, you were talking about Professor James Small. And what he's going to talk about uh, at the conference, we just had Professor Small on the show uh, last night. You talk about high P and economics and Professor James Small. Go ahead and finish your comments. Yes. So Professor um, Small is going to talk about that. The, actually, the title of his presentation is called Rebirth of Consciousness. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so he's, you know, he's been very um, instrumental and just the, and just us making happy, um, you know, when Taiki was thinking about this, he always, you know, says that, you know, the three people who really helped him, you know, that just taught him everything he knows, but really helped him to just give him the, um, the structure for Hoppy, the movie, was Professor James Small in Fujishi, right. and Dr. Jeffrey. Those are his, you know, his, his teachers. Right. And so this idea of, you know, economics, politics and culture, pyramid analysis, I know you, you teach this as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, you know, and so that's, so that right there is going to be um, a, a through line through the conference because we're going to be hitting all those areas because we can't really be okay with just one of those areas being strong. Right. We need all three. 
Exactly. You know, this is what I try to explain to people. You need yeah. all three because when you go through and study the various African civilizations, we'll have to talk about ancient Kemet or Ta-Nehisi, Nubia, Abyssinia, Zimbabwe, uh, Ghana, Songhai, Mali. They they had a, a historical cultural basis. They had control of agriculture. They had an economy. They had a political structure. So they had they had all yeah. all three of those elements, and you had a synthesis of that. Okay, and this is what you know a lot of our people don't understand today. Um, so t- tell us some of the uh, presenters who are going to be at the conference. So this is this is a nice collection of scholars. So our youngest person will be Riza Islam, okay, and. Um, and he's, um, you know, we, we were introduced to him, um, oh gosh, maybe like last year. Mm-hmm. And we just so impressed with RZA. And so, um, you know, we asked him to be part of it. He will be joining us virtually because he's actually going to be at another conference okay. with, um, with King Ramble in, um, uh, in Albany, uh, Georgia. So, um, yeah, he's our youngest person. He's coming with, you know, to us virtually, but, He's going to be there, as well as um, Dr. Um, Alicia Watkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and she's, it's, it's going to be nice. So she's talking about why kingdoms fall. She's okay. a relationship person, and so that's going to be her thing um, that she's going to talk about. We have the um, Shaliza Ali. Do we mean what we say? Um, uh, Infudishi Juhutinus is going to talk about the importance of the nature. Yeah, of us learning. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then also we have. Um, how should I sit here? I, I see all Dr. your faces. Dr. Rosalind Jeffries, Dr. Rosalind Jeffries, Dr. Linda Jeffries' wife. Uh, oh yeah, Professor Kabahai yeah, Art historian. Yep, go ahead, art historian. Yep, Kaba Kamene. He's going to talk about um, this idea of you know before you can even get to. You're talking about unity, you gotta know who you are. Exactly. And so um, Exactly. Cause, yeah. Because you can just have a bunch of people yeah, united who are ignorant about. of history and ignorant of who they are. You know, so it's like <laughs> exactly. You have to know who you are yeah. before you unite. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think, you know, and, and these these are this is the reason why this is such an important conversation is because times are turning now in the world. And we gotta be part of this. Mm-hmm. We can't get we can't be part of something if we're not you know 100 percent invested. And so you know going to this conference, it's really you know this is really about us getting inspired, but not just getting inspired and, and talking about how we're inspired, but actually doing some stuff. You know we it's time for action now, and oh, each one of these you know these presenters are coming with action steps. So, you know, they're going to give you a little taste of this is what we, you know, this is what we should be thinking, this is and that, but it's all about what, what do we do and how do we do it? You know, um, this organization of just us really figuring out a way to work together. Right. Because it's, I mean, that's the only card we got left to play. Right, exactly. And the awful thing about this is that the conference has been, um, it's been uh, like the host of the conference is Dr. Ken Harris, okay. and he's the twelfth president. Yeah, the, 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 he's the twelfth president of the National Business League. Right, right. Uh, um, a foundation yeah. started by Booker T. Washington 122 years ago. Mm-hmm. Really, they've only had twelve presidents. <laughs> so right, right. this is going to be nice to have him, you know, in seeing the, the event. Um, 
we have Dr. Susan Tata. You know, a lot of people are getting to know her. I mean, she took this pan African daily TV. Um, it just like came out of nowhere. <laughs> and so she's really been, you know, she's based in Germany. She's from Cameroon and she's been getting it in, in terms of, you know, um, getting people on her show and talking about the history of just who we are and what we can do now. Because now the conversation is just not, you know, these things. It's, it's really about what do we do with these, these things that we know, you know, right. and sitting down and just keep, you know, talking about them to, you know, to someone that's, not doing anything. It's, it's really time for action. Exactly. So exactly. Really how do you use the different? Uh, how do you use the different pieces? And you, uh, the the African history and culture is our foundation. It gives us our values, our interests, and our principles. It influences our economic Absolutely. empowerment and political empowerment. So how do we have a synthesis of all this to change our conditions? Okay, I think I've seen uh, uh, the Pan African, uh, the Pan African TV, uh, Dr. Susan Tata. I think I've seen that on YouTube. Um. Okay. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, I was, I was just thinking. You guys need to know each other. Yeah. You need to be on each other's platforms because you know, and that's the thing. And you know, what I was talking, Taki and I are always having conversations about happy and what does it mean. You know, what does what does this word happy mean? What does right. it mean to us? What does it mean to us right now in 2022? And it's literally just like the Hopi River did years and years and years ago about bringing people together. That's that, that's one of our mission statements. And that's probably like our number one mission statement. Because it's not, you know, we keep talking about, you know, um, working together, working together. But no, we're really putting that into practice. Right. Um, Absolutely. You know, that has been, yeah. And so, like, when we're saying, you know, I like, think think about all the people we've, we've been meeting. We're just putting on this conference. Um, like I talked to a sister, Sister Empress, who who started the Million Woman March. I was like, I okay. was there 25 years ago, right. and she, you know, she called me up for an interview, and I was like, we need to work together. Right. You know, I, that, I went to their uh, reunion. I think they had a, I think it was a 20 year reunion. It was in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, so I was there for that. Yeah, it was she a 25 year. Yeah, 25 year reunion in October. Oh, she's doing one in October. Okay, yeah, I went to the twenty-year reunion uh, in Philadelphia. Okay, uh, yeah, I was there for that. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're, we're yeah, coming up on a break in two. Uh, go ahead and finish your thought, but we're coming up on a break here in two minutes. Go ahead and finish your sentence. Well, no, I'm saying, well, this is how we start to work together, and yes. it's really so. We we're not just talking about it; we're literally making this happen. And this one African conference is about us making it happen because these are all, you know, different people, you know, that don't necessarily, you know, like hang together. Right. Baina Bello, uh, you know, like I said, Riza Asar Imhotep. Yeah, yeah, Jabari Osaji. Yeah. 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 So this is, um, yeah, this is pretty monumental. Okay, and you, you know because of how they attacked us in in Egypt, mm -hmm. you know them attacking us is actually attacking everybody, and so everyone should be up in arms about. And this is why we've got to get together and have this conference and get this going. Exactly. Well, the uh, if people can visit our website AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the information there and the link to Eventbrite, uh, so you can register for the conference either uh, in person or live stream. But the conference theme illustrates that all cultures and peoples are linked together either through ethnicity, language, arts, and culture. Presenters will unpack the historical connectivity and confluence of African people as they moved throughout the world. The conference will also feature the essence of one Africa 
and how it relates to the power in unity, which is at the core of our principles in the Hapi movement, H-A-P-I, Hapi, one of the original names for the Nile River. Uh, so conference attendees will experience stimulating and interactive lectures from multiple lenses of study. For this reason, there was not a more appropriate scholar to be represented in this conference than you. So uh, Dr. Maulana Karinga is doing a presentation as well. Uh, as you said, Dr. Rouson Jeffries, uh, Infiduci Jehutimus, and many others. I'll be a vendor there. Uh, so check out the African Marketplace. And um, uh, you can come and talk to me, ask me questions as well. Uh, how can people get, uh, if, if people want to be vendors or anything like that, um, what, what should they do, uh, Felicia? How can you get in contact yep. with you all? No, they can go. Yep. No, they can go to your website and get and get a ticket. Your website when they hit your link, your link takes okay. them, takes them to you know the live stream, in person, or vending ticket. Now we also we also have a, the Hoppy Gala, the Hoppy um, Gala? A networking event. Okay. Will happen Let, let's do this. Saturday. Let's do this. We're up against a break. Can you stay over for a couple more minutes? Yep, I got you. Okay, Yay. okay. Well, we'll talk about the Happy Gala when we come back from the break. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel, and we're speaking with Felicia Harden. We'll be back in a few minutes. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition and the seller is not required to make any repairs. Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com, that's AbundantCapitalGroup.com, and email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iredify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Welcome back to the African History Network show. All right, we're speaking with Felicia Hardin, uh, organizer of the One Africa Power in Unity Conference. And uh, we're going to have Professor, uh, we're going to have Professor Kaba Hiawatha Kamene uh, back on the show on this Wednesday. Uh, he's one of the presenters at the conference as well. Okay, so Felicia, right before the break, you were talking about the 
Hapi Gala that's going to take place. So uh, let us know about that, please. Yes. So the gala for those that are coming to Spagopi in person. Okay. I want to get into the gala. It's going to be at the Charles White Museum. Okay. Um, at eight o'clock to two to twelve a.m. They food. Um, we have swag bags, um, music, and so they get to hang out with all the scholars. Which day is that? That um, will be there tonight. Let me be there that night. Can you hear me? Which day is that? Um, Saturday. Okay, Saturday, 8 p.m. to... 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. Okay, the 12 a.m. Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Okay, now what time is the conference on Saturday? What time is the conference on Sunday? Okay, so conference on Saturday starts at 9 a.m. Okay. And it runs to 6 p.m. And then on Sunday, we're starting at 11 and ending at 7 p.m. Okay. Yeah, because Sundays, everything usually starts later because people go to church and things like that or they're dragging, getting out of bed. So, yeah, <laughs> all the conferences usually start later yeah. on Sundays. Okay. All right. So, Saturday, uh, yeah. April 30th, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sunday, May 1st, 11 p.m. to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. And they can they can uh, purchase tickets for the gala also uh, at, the, uh, uh, at the link as well, right? So, when they go to African History yeah. Network, okay, so... Okay, when they go to AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, click on register here, and it'll give you the option to uh, also purchase tickets for the gala. All right, excellent, excellent. Okay, well, look, uh, uh, Felicia, let people know, uh, give, give people your, your social media platforms for HIP and, and how they can find you all on social media. Okay, yes, everybody should be following us because we got all we got exciting news happening. Okay. Um, but they can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Happy Film, H-A-P-I-F-I-L-M, Happy Film. All right, all right, no problem. Well, look, Felicia, it's always good talking to you. Look forward to seeing you and Taki uh, again uh, here in Detroit. So uh, you have a good night, and uh, we'll see you uh, this weekend, okay? Yes, can't wait to see you. All right, peace. All right, peace. All right, everybody, that was uh, Felicia Harden. She's a producer of the film uh, Hapi, the role of economics in the development of civilization. And she's also an organizer of the One Africa Power and Unity Conference. Okay, um, so you can visit our website uh, for more information. Uh, Shakita, I want to go back to this clip here in just a second uh, from the press conference that took place today. Uh, Attorney Benjamin Crump uh, announced a class action lawsuit against uh, Wells Fargo Bank. So check out the article from um check out the article from uh black america uh, uh, black enterprise the article from blackenterprise.com uh this one right here uh civil rights attorney ben crump says wells fargo's discriminatory loan practices is killing uh opportunity now wells fargo has put out a um wells fargo has uh, put out a response and we actually have it up here. I actually have it pulled up here. This is wire.com uh, has this response from Wells Fargo uh, in response to the press conference that took place today. And very briefly here, you can read the rest of it. It said, Wells Fargo response to press conference on unfounded allegations, unfounded allegations. Uh, April 25th, 2022, Wells Fargo and company today issued the following statement uh, responding to comments at a press conference by plaintiffs, uh, by plaintiffs attorneys, 
Ben Crump, Linda Friedman, and Susan Bish, B-I-S-H. Quote, we are deeply disturbed by allegations of discrimination that we believe do not stand up to scrutiny. We are confident that we will follow uh, that we are, we are confident that we will follow relevant government sponsored enterprise GSE guidelines in our decision making and that our underwriting practices are consistently applied regardless of a customer's race or, or ethnicity. These unfounded attacks on Wells Fargo stand in stark contrast to the company's significant and long-term commitment to closing the minority home, uh, minority home ownership gap. In 2020, Wells Fargo was the largest lender for home mortgages to black families. And this is consistent with our performance over the last decade, 2011 to 2020, in which the company helped as many black families purchase homes as the next three largest bank lenders. Okay, so uh, you can read the rest of this uh, here. Uh, I want to uh, let's go back for another minute of the uh, press conference, Keita. In funds and uh, institution that has a persistent pattern of discrimination, let's hold them accountable. Let's divest from them until they prove to us that they value black customers, that they respect black neighborhoods, that they believe in allowing access to capital for black people so we can have something Ms. Fanning to give our children. That's what we're asking mayors across the country to do. That's what we're talking to them about. We're making sure that they know that your African-American communities are looking to you and asking, will you stand up for equality, equal access, and opportunity for our community within the city limits that we elected you, Mayor? Because our votes matter, and we're looking to you to exhibit leadership like Mayor Adams. Okay, pause it right there. Okay, uh, we're out of time here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation, Future Radio. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching for a few more minutes. We're going to keep going. Uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for uh, the 10-week online classes that I teach there, uh, and uh, we have one that just started up. Uh, also, you can support the African History Network. If you'd like this type of information, dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign, the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. Let's just keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting. Remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Okay. Stand by. All right. So check out the uh, now. I saw once again. I saw very little media coverage on this story today in this press conference, and um, I checked. I was checking throughout the day, so that's when I was checking on this story throughout the day on Google, and that's where that's when I saw the response from Wells Fargo. But um, 
it's interesting how um, I see some local news uh, outlets carry this story. CBS News, okay, that's six days ago, CBS News, but the Grio has an article about the uh, press conference. Um, I showed you the one from Black Enterprise. They were the first article I saw. Uh, Fox 5 Atlanta has an article on it as well. But when we look at, I, I didn't see anything on MSNBC about it today. And um, you see, I see some smaller outlets, some local news outlets have stories on this. Uh, but we're going to talk about this some more tomorrow. I'll let you hear some more of the press conference on uh, tomorrow's show. But this is this is significant. And this ties into um, also uh, generational wealth. OK. Uh, and the lack of generational wealth and, and, and how this uh, attacks generational wealth. All right. If we go back to the, uh, I want to go back to the article here from uh, Black Enterprise for just a minute. Okay, so uh, at the press conference, Attorney Benjamin Crump, along with counsel Linda Friedman and Susan Bish, urged Wells Fargo shareholders to approve a motion by SEIU, one of the uh, one of the country's largest labor unions, to con con to conduct an independent racial equity audit on the bank. Uh, Attorney Crump also urged other politicians to follow the lead of New York City Mayor Eric Adams and stop investing with Wells Fargo. Now. The uh, press conference also included black homeowners who say they're uh, who say they, they are victims of Wells Fargo's uh, discriminatory bank practices and have joined the class action lawsuit uh, against the bank. Now, the class action lawsuit was uh, filed by Aaron Braxton in March of 2020. OK, filed by Aaron Braxton in March of 2020 alleging that Wells Fargo systematically discriminated against black homeowners in uh, its evaluation of refinancing applications. Now, a Bloomberg News investigation backs up the claim, finding that the bank approved black homeowners seeking to refinance mortgages during the pandemic at a much lower rate. 47% of African-American homeowners who applied to refinance their home mortgage with uh, Wells Fargo was approved compared to 72% uh, of white homeowners. Now, something that's extremely important to understand is that Wells Fargo was the uh, only bank to uh, turn down a higher percentage of people trying to refinance their home mortgage than they approved. Okay. Uh, and if we look at the article from, let me see, it was the one from Forbes, I think talks about this or oh, fortune. I'm saying the one from fortune. Uh, 
um, overall 71%. Now, so the approval rate for African-Americans for Wells Fargo was much lower than the uh, industry standard, okay, or the industry average. So if we look at this here, which one is this? Uh, uh, let's go back to this article from fortune.com that came out um, March 16th, 2022. Okay, only 47% of black homeowners who submitted refinance applications in 2020 were approved by Wells Fargo as opposed to 72% of white uh, homeowners. Now, while applicants had higher approval rates at all major lenders, Wells Fargo in particular lagged, be lagged behind other major lenders in their approval rates for minority applicants. Overall, 71% of, of African-Americans refinancing uh, their home mortgages in the country were approved in 2020 according to Bloomberg analysis. That's that's like industry standard. That's like nationwide industry standard. 71% of African-Americans who were uh, refinancing their home mortgages were approved by various banks overall, 71%. Whereas with Wells Fargo, only 47% of African-Americans were approved. Wells Fargo, the third largest bank in the United States by assets, was the sole lender only one wells fargo was the sole lender s-o-l-e that rejected more black applicants than it accepted wells fargo was so wells fargo so when we dealt with this story back in march and said that the methodology that bloomberg was using was wrong and all this how is it that bloomberg got it right for all the other banks but they were so wrong for wells fargo how is it that the industry standard was 71% African-Americans approved to refinance their home mortgages with all the other banks, but it's just something totally wrong with Wells Fargo? African-American homeowners faced more refinancing denials than any other uh, minority applicants, such as Hispanic homeowners and Asian uh, Asian-American homeowners who had approval rates from Wells Fargo at 53% for Hispanics and 67% for Asian Americans. However, Paul Turner, the senior vice president of consumer lending, executive communications at Wells Fargo, disputes Bloomberg's conclusions and told Fortune Magazine that Bloomberg's data, quote, relied on an analysis designed to present a skewed picture of our lending efforts and ignored the bank's strong track record of lending to black homeowners. Yeah, but okay, so lending, but so you, so first of all, there has to be a distinction between giving giving a mortgage to a black homeowner and refinancing a home mortgage. The focus of the analysis of Bloomberg was on refinancing home mortgages, not giving home, not giving home mortgages. There's a difference. And the refinancing of home mortgages dealt with being able to take advantage of historic low home mortgages that were able to save white people 
hundreds of dollars a month on their mortgage or tens of thousands of dollars over the lifetime of the mortgage. And African-Americans got shut out of that largely when it came to Wells Fargo. Now, J.P. Morgan Chase accepted 81% of refinancing applications from African-American homeowners in 2020 compared with 90% from white ones. Bank of America approved 66% of African-American applicants and 78% of white ones. Rocket Mortgage LLC approved 79% of black applicants and 86% of white ones. While most lenders displayed a 10% difference in approval rates between white and black households, Wells Fargo rejected 20% more black applicants than white ones, according to Bloomberg data. So how did Bloomberg get it right for all the other mortgage companies, all the other, other, all the other mortgage banks, but got it so wrong with Wells Fargo? It leads one to believe that something's wrong with Wells Fargo. That's what it, I could be wrong, but it leads some. It leads the average person to believe that there's something wrong with Wells Fargo, which is why you had a class action lawsuit. Read the rest of this article here. We talked about this back in March because we deal with real substance on this show. Wells Fargo rejected nearly half of their black homeowners refinancing applications, March 16, uh, 2022. Okay, look, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, be sure to visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. And if you like this type of information, you can support the African History Network. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App. Also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting. This is our official Cash App account. Dollar sign the AHN show, S H O W. When you go to it, it says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones here are fake African History Network Cash App accounts. And uh, I'm trying to get them shut down. Uh, Cash App has launched an investigation. We have our link here in the yellow PayPal donate button also. Okay. All right. We have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's correct for own behavior. Uh, it's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Natori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time.
STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995, and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008, and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021 and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skincare and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition and the seller is not required to make any repairs. Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com. That's AbundantCapitalGroup.com. And email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors 
Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iredify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995 and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008 and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, the Business of Beings was released in December 2021 and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today.